welcome to the Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Hello. And Hello. welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. <laughs> Hello, Julie. A bit early there, Julie. Hello. You? I thought I'd get in straight away <laughs> this previous. time. Talk about excited. I know. She's settled in, hasn't she? She's We're she's back, back into it now, aren't we? The horse has bolted. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I have been called some names before. <laughs> That's a new one tonight. <laughs> Mind you, I did call Gary a dark horse, so, you know. Oh, mm. so there must be a spiritual meaning of the horse tonight, for some Freedom, reason, so definitely okay. Yeah. Uh, or, I'll, ba- I'll take or, that. or bolting, <clears throat> so uh, <that's>, <laughs> or oh. bolting. So yeah, <laughs> all of them. Okay, where's this going? Uh, uh, so welcome. We're back in the studio. We're yeah. back in the studio. I feel like we've, we've settled back in. It's like we've not been away. That's right. Uh, we're it's, back in the seats. It's the second one in, isn't it? To twenty twenty three. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. So some fantastic guests coming up in the next few episodes to record. Mm. But tonight, for this episode, we are so lucky to have uh, this guest. <clears throat> so I'm just going to bring you straight in. Okay, go just for it. Just going to go with it. Yeah. So uh, we have with us uh, a fae and elemental expert. We have a paranormal investigator and speaker we have uh, a social media uh, expert YouTube. and a YouTuber, um, an author and columnist, column, columnist uh, for The Haunted magazine. We have an art tutor with us and we have the founder of Hair in the Hawthorne. Please welcome Kate Ray. Hello, Kate. Hello. Hi, Kate. Round, round of applause is lovely. Thank you. Did I? Uh, welcome. Did I miss anything out there, Kate? <laughs> I don't think so. No, that 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 sounds quite uh, quite meaty when you say it like that. It Thank does, doesn't it? Yeah. We forgot <laughs> to include cleaner upera. Because I bet you do a lot of tidying after your art, don't you? <laughs> cleaner I, upera. Yes, I do. I, I have to have a very clear space. Mm. Okay. Now, Kate, I'm surprised that we haven't bumped into each other, and I don't think we have, but because we're from the same neck of the woods, I'm not far from Edwinstow, um, so I'm surprised we haven't bumped into each other in the middle of Shield Forest or something, mm. fairy hunting or something like that usually, but uh, so, so yeah, but, but nice to nice to speak to you, and, and yeah. hopefully at some point we'll bump, e- t- bump into each other in, uh, in, in Sherwood Forest. So yeah, you never know. That'll so. be good. I'm, I'm just back in the Shire after spending some t- time down south. So um, okay. it's, it's nice. I've, I've, I've lived down south for, for quite a while, so I'm back in the home county, which is great. Mm. Where have you been down south? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? You gonna tell us Glastonbury or something? Aren't you? Oh, oh no, nothing quite as magical. No, <laughs> it was the it was the books and beds that um that, that, that for my sins. Okay, oh. books and beds. Okay. Where's that? I was going to say. Buckinghamshire in Bedfordshire. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Oh, I'm, Sorry. I'm just showing my ignorance now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. So, 
how's things anyway, Kate? Have you had a good? How, have you had a good week? It's Friday, so uh, oh, are you celebrating? Ready for the weekend? I can't believe it's Friday already. I really can't. I've um, I've I've had my my January laziness the first part of January, mm. and this week I've been sort of cracking on with stuff. So uh, it's been a busy busy week. Mm. Yeah, I found that as well. Yeah, this week it's really. Yeah, kicking back. We're nearly yeah. in February, aren't yeah. we? Oh, don't start. Don't start. No, don't uh, say that. Give <laughs> over. <laughs> Pack it in. Give oh. over. That's a new one. Gior, <laughs> as my granddad used to say. Gior, lad. Gior, lad. Are we on the horses again? <laughs> well, no, that's Eeyore. Are we Eeyore? <laughs> my granddad used to call them Bobbos. Uh. Bob, all right. You'll get used to this, Kate. We just go off on a tangent. <laughs> That's it's perfectly random. Fine. It's, it's, Glenn that start, it's Glenn that starts. Sorry, the encouraging me. <laughs> carry on, Glenn. Carry Keep on. Going, Julie. Kate. I am going to Google going. the spiritual meaning of a horse while we uh, right, while you, while you carry on. Right yeah. then, Kate. So, can we ask you how mm-hmm. your journey began? Um, you know, whether this was in in terms of your spirituality or you know your connection with the fae and the fairies and the elementals how did it all begin i think it's all it's all a bit of a, a soup really um i think in terms of, of fairies in terms of the paranormal um I, I can't i've said this often I, I can't ever remember a time when that's not been in my psyche as in understanding that these things exist and and there are other worlds other than the the material world um, in terms of sort of spiritual journeying with it, and it has sort of correlated, um, as you guys all know, your spiritual journey is you get dragged through a hedge backwards mm, and then you're off yeah. the again. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of goes up and down throughout your life. But um, I think uh, the, the turning point with the paranormal, which brought back in sort of the fairy faith, um, was I hit a big birthday and uh, was chatting about some way to market. Um, I hadn't marked any of my sort of, you know, my 21st and my 30th uh, mm-hmm. particularly well. And I sat down uh, with my brother and we were chatting about things that I could make a milestone out of. Mm. And he said, well, you know, people do things that frighten them. And um, he said, you know, you're not somebody to, to bungee jump. So what frightens you? And there was two things at that particular time in my life that really scared the bejesus out of me and, and one was koi carp and i wasn't going to go oh, oh. i wasn't going to go dipping with fish um and the other one was uh, was ghosts um really yeah, i'd had some me. terrifying in- encounters and um i'd sh- shut down completely so i decided to go on my very first ghost hunt alone where i stopped over uh with, with a team uh but stopped over at st breville's um for the weekend and literally got over my fear within a weekend and the universe then decided you know what <laughs> you can have some more of this and it kind of snowballed um and it came out the other side sort of full circle um i'd, I'd always had a, a sort of a passion for uh, the real fairy uh, this you know um not the sort of and i'll talk talk about that a bit later but the, you know the flittery pretty side of the fairies but the mm. actual real fairies i'd always had a, a real passion for that um and it it came around on a on a, a paranormal investigation that um i started having encounters with them um in a psychic sense and wow. i put put that out to the paranormal 
sorry, paranormal community, to which it was met with, you're freaking insane, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, um, and then kind of slowly and gradually, I've been sort of trying to filter uh, into the paranormal ghost hunting community, particularly that there are other energies and entities that are, that are um, adding to or actually are um, causing hauntings or um, uh, haunting type uh, kind of activities that go off into, mm. into the house. And it, it, that has become literally my calling card, if you like, but also my, my driver. And it's, um, it's, it's just evolved very, very naturally. Mm. Well, that's fantastic. What a journey. Mm. Uh, I know Julie's eyes went massive when yeah. you mentioned <clears throat> Koi Carp. That's what I used to sell, uh, so I can help you with that. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and very often I, I do treat the Koi Carp as well, so I do have to. Uh, what, do you, you don't treat them to a, a, bo a fish supper? <laughs> that's what she is. Uh, no, I, I uh, treat them as in like with wounds and things like that. and Chips. Yeah, creepy crawlies <laughs> and things like that. I won't go into too much detail on the on the podcast there. But, oh, you uh, treat them. I treat them. Yeah, I don't. You don't give don't, them treats. I, well, you can give them treats as well because they like food and uh, they're quite intelligent. They've got a four month memory, so uh, they're yeah they're pretty clever. But um, yeah, I used to have a business uh, selling koi carp, and I've got some very large koi carp, and the you oldest one is fifty five years old. So if you fancy a dip, Kate, no. <laughs> 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 but what is interesting about um that you kind of went in at the deep end you faced your fears there into the paranormal and it's funny how that when you do do that how you said that spirit had other plans for you and uh, they got you doing more of it and it's nice that you've kind of found your niche you know with the elemental realm as well because i don't think there's not to my knowledge, there's anybody else that kind of specialises in that field other mm. than yourself. So obviously you're meant to do that. It's part of your calling can, there. So I've got a, can I ask, Kate, mm -hmm. around the elemental uh, and the fae um, theme, there's a lot of myth around the fae and, and fairies. Is there any truth around the different myths? I think I think with all uh, mythology, with all legends, with all folk tale and folklore, there is there is an ounce of truth in it all, um, and there's often truths weaved in that we uh, have forgotten how to interpret within the within modern society. Um, I think we are unfortunately at a place in modern society where we don't have the ability to be able to sort of dissect. Um, folk tale and fairy stories to be able to get the, the true essence out of it. You know, um, they, they were written in a certain way, a, a coded way uh, that would give us uh, clues into that. Um, I think, I, I do believe that there is truth in it all. Mm. I think one of the other, other unfortunate bits uh, mm. about being in, in modern day is how uh, society, especially after the Victorian era, has taken the the essence and the, the uh, of, of fairies and, and changed it quite radically that it, it's become a subject that's not taken seriously anymore because mm. it is very stylized very cartoonish mm. um often sexualized mm. um you know aimed at children so to to stand up as an adult and say that you have had a fairy encounter or that you believe in in, in these uh, beings and that you have had interactions with them is very very shocking for other adults mm. 
Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. There was there's one that I always that I think about, and it, it, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the people say you shouldn't fall asleep under a hawthorn tree or something like that. Is that? Is that? Yeah, a, I mean, there's there's lots of associations with things in nature. I mean, mm. the hawthorn hawthorn tree is particularly uh, special to uh, to fairies, um, and it's. Uh, I mean, there's there's other mythology around it as well that you should never pick a bough of hawthorn the only time when you can pick it is on may day and you have mm. to ask so often places like i mean in ireland um even um <clears throat> in the last sort of 10 years um actual roads have been diverted or there's been petitions for roads to be diverted um around lone hawthorn, hawthorn trees, trees or, oh, or, or wow. thorn trees uh, because they're seen as sacred uh, oh. and they're seen as um, in, inviting bad luck if you if you cut them down because they are a fairy tree. Mm. Right. Yeah. Do you think that also ties in with, um, I, don't, I don't want to go religious with this, but do you think that kind of ties in with the crown of thorns as well? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I think there is, there's lots of crossovers. I, I, as you'll know, with all things paranormal, supernatural, um, and, and especially with the Fae, there's there's all kinds of crossovers. I think what we saw in the in the uh, not to go too deep into, but in the Middle Ages was um, the the Catholic Church especially sort of absorbed uh, a lot of the pagan beliefs, and with it the uh, a lot of fairy beliefs and, and mythology um, in, into their faith to to help people yeah, ease people true. over to Christianity. Mm. And we see a lot of those themes now that we, we kind of, the lost in the midst of time, how they've become uh, connected. But um, yeah, we, we do see those connections. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose part of that is, is why we see a lot of, is it yew trees we see in churchyards, don't we? Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's often because they were, they were previously uh, sacred pagan grounds and the yew trees were, uh, of pagan origin yes yeah mm. Mm. so kate uh, have you had any encounters uh with the faith that you could possibly share with us i have yeah i i if you'd have asked me this 10 years ago i'd have said i've never seen a fairy okay <laughs> um but i i have and i had uh, my very first encounter which which really kind of nailed on the head for me my my uh the beliefs that I had sort of growing up about what fairies were. Um, I was uh, 15 years old. Um, yeah. I'd been, it was a Friday night. I'd been around some mates um, in Mansfield, to be fair. Oh, wow. wow. That's cool. where we are. <laughs> yeah, local fairies. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, no, no, they weren't local fairies. It, it was just to set the scene of, oh. you know, that, that kind of Friday night, you know. Okay. Um, I remember it well. <laughs> yeah, I remember it well those days. Uh-huh. And uh, we decided that we were incredibly bored, uh, not much to do in town. So um, a friend uh, had a, a, a had a car, and we came oh. across a, a book called the uh, the uh, I think it was the mystical map of Atlas of Britain or something. Uh, there's a whole story attached to that, but I, I won't bore you with that. But um, we we just literally opened up the book, which was places all around Britain that had mythical mystical connections. Mm-hmm. And sort of put our finger on on one of the places and decided to go there. And this place turned out to be um, the Uffington Chalk Horse down in Oxfordshire. Uh-huh. So we stopped in the car over overnight, um, got up uh, just before dawn, and sort of made our way in the direction of of where we thought the, the Chalk Horse was. It was um, it was middle of summer, but it was in 
incredibly misty. You couldn't see a few paces in front of you. And the, the start of it all was uh, we had a, a really uh, magical encounter um, where we were saying, we're lost, we didn't know where we were. And then somebody uh, in the party shouted, um, we're actually stood on the chalk horse, look down. Uh, and there was, we were, we were actually stood on the head of the chalk horse. Wow. And it was perhaps about a few minutes later when we were all sort of uh, getting our bearings that the, the mist lift, lifted on the body of the chalk horse. And there was um, a herd of deer that hadn't heard us or hadn't smelt us or seen oh, us. Yeah. And it was one of those, we looked at them, they looked at us, and we were <laughs> like, off. what the heck? And, and they, they sort of bolted. But it, yeah. um, not long after, it, you know, the, the mist subsided and it, it turned out to be a stunning morning. I know this is a long way around, but I'm saying this. It sounds lovely. <laughs> it sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, so we, we decided from having, you know, seeing the dawning um, on the chalk horse to uh, make a way down to it. I don't know whether you've ever been, but I totally recommend it and absolutely beautiful and totally charged energetic place of uh, Wayland Smithy um, okay. which is old, it's brilliant honestly if, if if you can get to go I I don't think there's any place that I've been to in Britain that that has the kind of for me the the energy that that place does and it's a it's a Neolithic uh, burial mound um, oh okay it's, it's absolutely gorgeous and it's quite a walk it's, it's probably about three quarters of a mile a mile uh, mm -hmm. down a country track and this country track had very steep old um, sort of slopes up either side of it it was probably a two-person track um, and then hedgerows on top of that so um, it would have been built up with stones at the bottom and then hedges at the top and the company I was with were, were trotting along in front of me and I was kind of hanging back and just you know checking out the scenery and I kept mm -hmm. hearing this uh, singing and the only way I can describe it now is it sounded like the clangers yeah. it was like okay. a, a, a whistly hum that yeah. was coming from the hedgerow bottoms and every time I stopped it would stop and so I'd pick up my pace and I thought I'm, I'm gonna have to get a bit creative to find out what's going on here um, and I, I, I turned around on a couple of occasions very quickly and tried to, to part the foliage to see what was making this noise and on the probably about the third attempt, a part of the, the foliage and this thing stopped like stone dead. Um, it was about the size of your fist, a little bit bigger. Yeah. And it was the shape of a toad. Wow. So it had that very flat back body and it was on all fours. <clears throat> but it turned its head around and its head was very mouse like and it had sort of downy fur down its back. But the one thing that stood out for me, and I remember thinking at the time, He's got tweed trousers on, you know. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? <laughs> and at that point where I kind of clicked that what I was seeing, I shouldn't be seeing, it let out this almighty shriek to which I was swearing, like, what the hell <laughs> was that? And off it darted. And the singing completely stopped. So I jogged on to, to, to my friends who were a little bit older than me and the uh, majority of them were male and said, did you, have you heard the singing? Have mm. you heard this singing? And they were like, no, 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 I haven't heard it. So I said what I'd encountered and um, to which I was met with, as you can imagine, much hilarity, mm. you know, mm. you, you're <coughs> mad basically. Mm. And I swore never ever to tell anybody. And it wasn't until about 10 years later that I plucked up enough courage to tell a very close friend of mine 
who had a very different reaction and was curious about it and and mm. sort of wanted to decipher mm. it with me. Um, but it was very in the vein of um, I'm sure you've come across the artwork of Brian Froud. Um, he did the the labyrinth. The, oh, oh yeah, of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So his his um, his fairies are very much how I'd always felt fairies were. They're very earthy and very kind of um, they blend in with you know with the environment that they're in. And yeah. seeing the thing then, which I nicknamed well I, I i named it a gnome because i couldn't i couldn't oh. put it into context but um later on i kind of renamed it the sod because it looked okay. like a sod of earth oh it just, right just looked like a, a, a clump of earth so right. that yeah that was that was my first sort of physical encounter mm. that's fascinating mm. and I, I really enjoyed the the way that you put that across as well mm. I, I don't know about everybody else but i was visualizing you know, just every uh, yeah. element of what you was describing I've, I've had a quick look at a picture of of wayland smith wayland smith in yeah uh, actually it looks a magical place as well it is it's it's in, got an incredible energy and there's there's definitely um layers of energy fields there there's you actually walk through a, a, a small copse woodland uh before you before you enter into um where the burial chamber is and it's I, I, and i'm not the first person to say it nor i think i'll be the last but it walking through that tree line is it's like going through a tingly spider web wow. that that's the energy level that, wow. that a lot of people experience going through that mm. Very good. It's been it's been a special place. Is it five about five thousand five probably five and a half thousand years ago? It was Saxon. It was a Saxon place, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. It's, I think is it named after a Saxon god? I do believe. Yes, it is. I don't. I don't know a great. I'm ashamed to say I don't know a great deal about about the history of the place. I I kind of just get a, a I feeling. Go to these places, yeah, uh, yeah and I get yeah. absorbed with, yeah. with being there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just yeah, and trying to imagine what they were really used for and, and how they were utilised by communities because they weren't just a place of burying the dead. They were places where people would go and seek ancestral knowledge or, mm. um, you know, it would be places of rites of passage and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's a lovely place. Maybe, um, uh, maybe Glenn. Uh, I and, know what's and, coming here. Yeah, we, we know where we're going with this. <laughs> Are you free on a certain date? <laughs> yeah, so we can go down there. So maybe we can come a, along with you. Maybe a nice uh, sun, sun, uh, summer summer morning or, or evening, uh, but, uh, early but evening. An on location, Glenn, is what I'm getting at. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. A place in the I'm sun. <laughs> yeah. Marvellous. Oh, yeah. I did. I did actually go back there a few years ago, and t I took some of the paranormal equipment mm. with me oh. uh, to to see. Uh, you know, I took REM pods, and, yeah. and um, I did a little bit of EVP work um, just just to see. You know, if if uh, if I could pick anything up. And unfortunately, it was a very quiet day, and I was more than happy just to lie on top mm. of it and watch the clouds go by. But yeah. <laughs> it would be. I, I find it interesting to use that kind of equipment. Definitely. outside of, of sort of modern modern haunted places mm, yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's good well that might be something that you could join us on uh kate i'd love to absolutely love fantastic. to fantastic yeah. can i ask kate about um imps because the reason why i bring this up are they part of being the elemental kingdom because i've experienced these firsthand when i've been doing house cleansing 
spiritual house cleansing and I've had to um, ask for assistance uh, yeah. for them to be removed and I've had to close down portals. And I found them very playful yet mischievous and they, they were sort of draining the energy and the life source out of the clients in that location. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wondered if you could uh, maybe expand on on imps for us, please. I mean, imps is a, a word in the paranormal community that, that has become quite prevalent. Okay. Um, and, and I don't think it's um, so much to do with there is an increase in of them. Mm -hmm. I think that actually fairies will use terminology that we understand. So we understand the word imp for impish behaviour, for yeah. that uh, yeah. mischievousness and, and all and those can, can be malevolent. They can be uh, malevolent beings. Um, then they're not for me. That I think there is some confusion about um, elementals and fairies. So fairies is the broad spectrum. The, the, the term elemental comes from Paracelsus, who was a alchemist who wanted to um, invoke the elements through different beings so that's where okay. we get the word el elementals from it's um it, it, it's not wrong to interchange and intersperse with them uh, it's just that i like to see the whole umbrella um un under fairies yeah imps can be particularly tricky um for me they tend not to be imps imps um like i say is i think it's a term that they use to be understood um names are a funny one within the fairy realm um, they are not particularly, they can't, I mean, the, the folklore is they can't tell, they can't tell a lie. However, okay. they are master manipulators and tricksters. Mm -hmm. So they will bend truths. Imps, I think when you get something that says they're an imp, whether it's psychically or on EVP, I think it's just saying, I'm going to be tricky and I'm going to be difficult. And, um, you know, this is this is who I am, and it yeah. convey, conveys to us who they are. Um, in terms of getting rid of them, I I've I've experienced that kind of energy, and mm -hmm. I found working with them works better. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, um, than trying to kick them out. Now I see them as kind of naughty children, <laughs> and that they kind of need to be listened to and given guidance. Mm, yeah, it takes a bit, takes takes a bit more work, but generally they actually want to be listened to. They they um they want to be noticed, and a lot of the time, when you get this kind of impish behaviour, mm. it's it's attention seeking behaviour. Um, you know, they will they will often you know pull people's hair, move objects. You know, it's and if you if you make an acknowledgement, you'll tend to find that things will calm down. Um, they can get into the realms of of. Uh, being quite damaging to people in the fact of you know draining them or becoming yeah, physically physically abusive as well you know <clears throat> pinching punching that kind of thing and that's when you've got to put your foot down a little more I think mm. okay mm, interesting <laughs> I mean when I uh, witnessed them um, I can describe what what I saw when I saw them I would place them around sort of uh, <clears throat> knee height to myself so probably two uh, two and a half foot tall Mm -hmm. Very skinny, and the best way I could describe it, if anybody remembers um, 
is it Dobby from the Harry oh, Potter yeah. films? Mm. Yeah. They look like a really thin version of, of that, but grey, really like a dark grey with quite quite big eyes, actually, and similar ears. That, that's the way I saw one, and I saw mm. it running up a staircase in a, in a client's home. It's quite unusual. Well, mm. There was more than the one, but that was just the one that I saw anyway. Mm. Yeah, fascinating. Do you have any elemental uh, beings that are, would you say they are connected to the elements such as earth, air, yeah, fire, that's water? That's what I was thinking. That's a good question. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the elementals that Paracelsus uh, talks about are the ones that have kind of stuck, which are, you know, you've got your undines for water, you've got your salamanders for fire, you've got your names for earth, and you've got, oh, it's, I, I, is it it's a, is it a, a sylph? Sylph the yeah, air, yeah. yes, that's the one. Sylph the air. So, I mean, he he um, he he went down a reductionist route, and he did it almost to invoke the spirit of these things. And it's kind of stuck within the Fey, and they do traverse characteristically and have been absorbed into into the Fey umbrella. Um, but they were generally used, and are still generally uh, used within uh, within witchcraft. Um, and I say that in the most positive way um, <laughs> for, you know, for helping to uh, assist with uh, spell work uh, for, for how, however that, that should be. You know, it's calling in your four quarters and your, your elements mm. um, and you can, you can call in the fae under those, those elements as well while you're working. This is fascinating, isn't it? It is. Wow. Blown away. <laughs> <laughs> We really, we we ought Should, to move on as well. I think so. Yeah. Um, I believe you're an author and columnist. Columnist. Yeah, that's columnist. Columnist. <laughs> how did columnist. that? How did that? How did that come around, Kate? Columnist. How did you become an author? Um, I mean, the the author part of it is, um, to be quite frank, I feel like I've got a bit of an imposter syndrome. Uh, at the moment, the only thing that I have published is an essay for, um, and this will interest you guys for. Um, a, a book that came out about the uh, the case of the Woolerton Gnomes, which was oh. um, in the in the 70s, which is, mm. is fascinating, mm. absolutely fascinating. Uh, the columnist um, writing for the guys at Haunted Magazine came out of, um, I suppose, if I'm going to be frank, a frustration. I was I was doing a, a parapsychology course uh, with the School of Parapsychology, and I was trying to um, put together one of my final final pieces um that I kept having bounced back because of its uh I suppose more laid back um writing than than an academic style and I decided you know I'd, I'd come across the the haunted magazine and I decided to try and you know see if they were interested mm. in in submitting that piece for uh for um the magazine mm. and that was well over four years ago now and I, I just kind of I've, I've stuck I'm stuck with right for a minute it's addictive yeah. <laughs> it is addictive yeah. and it, it does help me with research it helps me um I, I get often ideas from podcasts and from people like selves that I, that I talk to and yeah. yeah it kind of all it's it's um it's all uh self-seeding really it's uh it's quite nice it's good mm. We certainly have a way with words. I mean, talking about mm. the fay the there as well, you was painting pictures in our minds, so I'm sure that your articles uh, are doing the same thing to the readers there. Mm. I hope so. I do hope mm. so. I, I do. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not 
I wouldn't say that I was provocative with what, how I write, but I, I do try and help people to um, think outside the box a little mm, uh, yeah, yeah. With, with the things that, that we're doing, you know. Um, and, and, and I try to bring in, I, I'm often known with the guys when I'll, I'll write to the guys from Haunted Magazine, send them an email and say, I've got you an article, but it's a bit, you know, left to centre. Mm. And they love it. They just lap it up. They'll say, you know, bring it on. So my, mine, are, <laughs> mine are often the weirder, you know, the slightly oh. weirder ones. I don't particularly write about haunted places. I'll, I'll, I have done a couple of Fay articles. Yeah, I, yeah. Did, I did one about uh, witchcraft and has it got a place in uh, paranormal investigation? Uh, I've done one on herbs and how that that can be used within paranormal investigation. So it's it's on the it's on the edges, on the really. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, do you know because you you're an art? I know you, that you are an, an artist, art artist yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you're an art tutor. I can see here. Yeah. Have you ever put on paper? Have you? I've ever managed to uh, paint or draw the. I don't know. Sorry, I'm going to take it back to the to the fair. Back to the, yeah. Yeah, I do. But, yeah. but have you? So have you managed to draw what you've seen? Yeah, and, exactly. And, Good question. I mean, I'd love to see that if you if you have, and if there's somewhere that I could see that. I have got a very, very, very rough um, watercolour sketch that I did of the sod um, because I, I kind of, I, because I've been talking about it so so much for the last probably three years and mm. it's it's um, something that um, it, I, I wanted to capture him, I think, and I wanted yeah. to capture mm. the, the, the essence. Um, I, I have shown a couple of people on podcasts. Obviously, this is a video, so I can't uh, show you. Uh, but it, it it will at some point. I will at some point clean it up, tidy it up, mm. and um, and give him a bit more bit more context. But uh, yeah, I was very much compelled, and I, I'm not often compelled to uh, paint at sort of the fairy or, or mm. the fairy realm. Um, but yeah, he he definitely wanted to to come out on paper. Very good. Mm, interesting. Now, with your paranormal work. Uh, there kate as well mm-hmm. um obviously you, you explained how you got into that line of work mm-hmm. now i should imagine that that's taken you far and wide all around the, the united kingdom at some weird and wonderful locations now mm-hmm. with this being the case out of all of those locations mm-hmm. you probably ask this all the time which is your favorite one and memorable one and for what so- reason I was just so going to say, and why? Yeah, and why? So I, I am um, part of uh, Ghost Finder Paranormal Society, which is is headed up by the the lovely Barry Guy, and we do have access to some uh, uh, absolutely amazing, amazing places. But for all of the the places that I go and the events that I do, and and like I say, we do get we on. Unfettered access, unfettered access to to brilliant places. Give me a private case any day, though. I think really? that that's where my passion is. You know, I could go to these country manors, the castles, the forts, the, the jails. Um, you know, th- that kind of thing. Private cases for me are are where my pa- my passion lays. I um, there is something about having that personal contact with somebody who's struggling. Yeah, um, on a spirit, spiritual uh, level, and being mm. able to help and assist them, um, even just to give them clarity that they're not bonkers, um, is is you know such it's so satisfying. It's such a satisfying thing. 
In terms of public events, I think most places I've been to um, have yielded some fantastic um, experiences, not, not necessarily evidence, but experiences. Uh, one that I do kind of do regularly as part of the team is the Hellfire Club, Hellfire Caves oh, in yeah. West, West Wickham. Uh, that never, ever ceases to, to um, amaze me about the activity there. And an activity that I can hand on heart, honestly, say um, is paranormal activity. Um, yeah. I, I've, one thing springs to mind there was we, we were halfway down the caving system uh, lights were off and it's pitch black down there. Yeah. Um, I was just sort of getting the, the team of people that I, I taken out the guests that I'd taken out, just getting them into, to, to relax into, into the experimentation. I can't even remember what we what were setting up to do. And the, the floor of the place is gravel. And I heard somebody running up at a fast pelt behind me. And, um, I expected somebody to bowl me over in the dark. It was it was that wow. that fast the footsteps, and I turned on my light and turned around quickly, and you could see all the way up the passageway. It you know it's, the caving system's one way up until that point. It's just one one passage. Yeah, yeah. And there was nobody there, and I'm sort of you know trying to get further up the passageway. By the bless, by the time I got back down to the group that I was with, they were so terrified. <laughs> None of them knew each other and they were all hugging each other and pulling <laughs> in a corner because they knew I was convinced it was one of my teammates, you know, pulling prank on me. Yeah. But they, they were, they were petrified um, about it because it was so incredibly loud and real and tangible. So yeah, that, I mean, I think everywhere that we've been, we've, we've, we've always had incredible experiences. Always. Um, I do like, the ram the ram in oh um, yes yeah that's a favorite isn't it it is yeah mm. and i i like yeah. it um i think for me the ram in has a lot of energy that other people bring into it as well so yeah. it's it's a real um dolly mixture of energies that go off so you know you can go six months in between going and it's a you get very different energies and very different responses um but that's a very interesting a very interesting place mm. there was a few um i think uh, they do lives on facebook uh were were at the ram and they found during the lockdown period they managed to get like a private um event with just the two of them being there wow. and they were saying that like you've just said there the energies were completely different mm -hmm. very active because it had been left alone for yeah. a long period of time and they, they got quite a lot of captures, both uh, video, audibles as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it is a fascinating, fascinating place. Yeah. <laughs> wow, fantastic. And uh, in terms of you doing like the private sort of um, investigations, yeah, I can understand that as well, simply because, um, you know, it's not public information. Uh, mm -hmm. You've got nothing to feed uh, the imagination before you actually go there. And you're, you're taking it on its merit, aren't you, really? And I suppose you're trusting your, your sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And also you are backing that up with the equipment as well. So is yeah. there um, any particular equipment that's your go-to 
device for each investigation? This is going to sound really, really uh, egotistical and trite, but myself, <laughs> I, I am absolutely known as not only, um, I, I am rubbish with tech and okay. tech, mm. tech hates me. That's the bottom line. <laughs> oh. I, I can touch a printer and the thing will die, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit like that myself. <laughs> yeah. um, Wreck I, it I'm, all. <laughs> I learned very early on that um, I, I lead the technology to, to the tech guys in, in, in the team. Uh, we've got some outstanding team. Well, all the team members are outstanding in GPS, but um, the, the knowledge of, of tech across the board and uh, personal stashes of, of, of technology um, amongst the team is, is it's second to none. It's first class, absolutely first yeah. class. So I leave it to them. I'm the one in the team where um, I will... Uh, I will experiment quite a lot. And um, so I'm known for doing spirit board work, dowsing, pendulum work, that kind of thing. Uh, to the point where if I have a group of, of guests who have been out with us on a regular basis, I know that I can pull something a bit odd um, out the ether um, and they're, they're, they'll be willing to do it. So one okay. of the ones that I never, I've never lived down, um, but, but they all love and they all mention it um, is I had seen I think it was on some spiritual podcast but I'd seen this method where um, they'd taken a jar a sealed jar and in the jar was a, a cork and on top of the cork was a, a pin stuck in okay. and then there was a, a very fine folded piece of um, tin, foil, tin foil on top of the pin yeah and what they were doing, they were teaching people how to use tele uh, uh, PK telekinetics to, right. to manipulate the tin foil. Ah. So it, it couldn't be manipulated by air outside the jar. Right. And I thought, wouldn't that be great if we could take it on a ghost hunt and see <laughs> if we can get spirit to manipulate it? Yeah. So yeah. I'd got this group. We were actually, we were actually in Nottingham. We, we were at the, um, the galleries. Oh, oh the location. That is. Just it's this. amazing. Yeah. Always delivers there. Always. It does, it does. Um, and we're upstairs in one of the courtrooms. And I said said to the group, do you mind? I mean, they knew me for, for saying, you know, should we try this? Try something different. <laughs> and um, so I said, oh, well, I've, got, I've got a new bit of, bit of kit and pulled it out. And, of course, they were all expecting me to have, you know, the, the latest K2 or Alice box or... Gadgets. You know, SL, yeah, SLS. <laughs> and I, I pull out a jam jar. <laughs> Brilliant. Get in. Back of the so, net. Can I ask? Can I ask? Because I'm mm -hmm. trying to picture, Kate, I'm trying to picture. Mm -hmm. I've got the cork in the jar yeah. with the pin stuck with a, 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 a pin in the, yeah. in, in, the, the cork, in the cork. With in some the cork. silver. But I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize how the foil is attached. To the pin. It's it's not attached. So if you imagine a Rizzler paper, how it's folded over and very fine, you could actually use a, a, a rolling a cigarette rolling paper. So it's balancing, is it balancing? It's balancing, right. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so you have to balance it very, very carefully before you, you seal the, the jar. Right. Um, and then obviously no wind can get to it. There's, okay, you know, it can't be moved. No, yes, yeah. Oh, I'm trying that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I have sat for hours staring at a bloody jar with a candle behind it, trying to get it to move. <laughs> move your bugger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fascinating piece of kit there. And so how did the rest of the team um, react? 
Well, did... I, I still get jibed about it now. It's because they're all jealous, I'm sure. <laughs> so did you get the results that you was, uh, you was gunning for? No, it, I, I actually, there was no movement and I've not had any movement. And unfortunately, it got packed away in another kit box while I was moving oh. back into the Shire. Um, but I will be pulling it out, um, much to much to the delight, I'm sure, of everybody else on, on the, uh, I think we're at um, Hellfire next next Friday, we're at Hellfire Cade. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'll be reinstating the jar. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, keep us posted with that. So you mentioned <laughs> um, that you yourself are the best instrument, and I'm quite mm. inclined to agree with you on that. Same. I agree with that. And with that being the case, I'd like to explore how you became aware of, of your sensitivity in order to use that on these investigations. I think, I, I think that, that's quite, um, I don't know is the answer. However, okay. when I became a paranormal investigator, so I've, I've always sort of been very drawn to the occult, the esoteric, you know, the unseen. Um, all that kind of thing. But what, once I became a paranormal investigator, I, I knew very, very quickly that I had to up my game with spiritual protection. Yeah, mm. definitely. And uh, as part of that, um, as part of that journey, I was kind of gifted by the universe, if you like, the opportunity to sit in spiritual circle. Mm. <clears throat> and um, I was at that point, um, mediumship didn't really float my boat it's not something that i wanted to do i, I love the psychic side the mediumship side didn't really draw me but i yeah. knew mm. that it was going to be a really good tool in the toolkit if you like if i was going to go out and, and be a paranormal investigator so that's when i really started understanding that i could develop that side mm. now i don't i don't find it easy and i still don't but what happened with that was as I was developing it alongside going out on investigations, and this is kind of full circle to the fairies, really, mm -hmm. I was using the opportunity going in blind into uh, new um, events, buildings, um, and uh, wandering around and trying to use the skills that I was gaining in, in mediumship mm -hmm. to, to find what energies mm -hmm. were about. Um, and I'd actually gone to uh, one particular place in Hitchin, which is down south, um and there was our, our guide there was me and another member of, of the team and our guide was actually a local historian who knew the particular building inside and out and he came around and i asked him not to tell me anything yeah uh, until we'd come out of an area and I'd, I'd picked upon i was quite proud of myself at the time i'd picked upon this lady because you know I, I like i say i do struggle with mediumship and he he said uh, um, at the end, yeah, that's that's right, you know. Um, and he told me who the lady was. Now this is where the first encounter on a paranormal investigation of the Fae came in, um, and and it was the first kind of shocker for me that uh, because I'd seen elementals out in you know fairies out in uh, in nature in mm. a in a psychic way, but I'd never encountered them in in a haunting situation. Oh right, okay. Um, and we found ourselves up in the attic of this manor house um, and I came across these three uh, creatures and uh, they were basically <clears throat> incredibly cheeky, swinging through the rafters and they were showing me the kind of um, the things that they got up to. You know, they, they, they liked uh, stealing things, they liked moving objects, they liked, you know, frightening people, uh, which was all corroborated later on about what the hauntings were that... Um, that happened in the property but obviously when I said and, and my colleague at the time 
he was still a, a non-believer uh, I suppose and that's it that's completely his prerogative but yeah I told I told them both what I was experiencing and mm -hmm. I said you know I can see these three creatures and describe them and uh, and that was kind of the start really of when the, the two worlds collided so my mediumship skills fell away very quickly and I realized that if I just stayed true to what I was naturally inclined to which was the psychic side of things yeah. I was I was I was more open then to uh, communicating with with the fairies and non-human entities. Mm. Okay. Mm. Fascinating. Gosh, mm. a lot going on there. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then YouTuber as so, well. So sorry, sorry. Can I go back? Go on then. You said it was it was cor corroborated with. So, did you get evidence of? Was there some evidence of of those those um, elemental beings in in the in the attic in the loft? Afterwards, it was confirmed, wasn't it? Was it how? It, it was it was the haunting activity that they yeah. were telling me that they did was confirmed. And right. It okay. It hasn't been until later in investigations and um, uh, that people are more accepting if they get evidence through on yes, yeah. etc. So, yeah. um, I I had a, a very small uh, 15 seconds of fame on help my house is haunted where i helped them out in season two with a um a pixie that was haunting a, a property in devon right. and from there uh, chris fleming who's the medium on on that particular program he's very much a believer in the fae and um, i do speak to him time to time about um you know his encounters and, and that kind of thing but he and Help My House is Haunted were really the first paranormal, um, you know, team on telly that I've come across that have actually spoke about and taken seriously the mm. fact that these mm. things can be a part of, of haunting. Yeah. Uh, so it, it has took off a lot more where where we go out on investigations now that people uh, are more accepting when somebody says this EVP says, you know. I mean, Chris Fleming recently, sort of last year, had one where he was at Smithwick Baths, where he was getting gnomes coming through and, and, and literally having conversations on EVP with him. Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of years ago, people who were out with him would have said, you're mad, I'm never coming out on an investigation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, They're now so a bit that, more open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that time yeah. is definitely, definitely turning. And I think... I think for the better, definitely for the better. I remember seeing that episode and it was fascinating. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Kate, but I believe that uh, the property where they was at, they, they was, they'd moved or they chopped down an old tree or something. Yeah. Uh, and the, the fairy community were very unhappy with them doing that. And, oh, I think and I it heard was, something about it that. was causing a lot of issues there. Yeah, mm. yeah that it was um, what, what didn't actually make it to, to the screen because it, because of time constraints um, and obviously the production of it yeah. was the, the family had moved to Devon from France mm. and they had an orchard in France and a tree had been cut down. This particular uh, fairy um, that was attached, he, he was very pixie-esque, um, mm. had a very French pixie-esque, may I say, he looked very French. Um, he was fuming because the, the tree wasn't dead, diseased or dying. They'd literally oh. cut it down okay. because it was... It was not aesthetically pleasing to, to the yeah. couple. And they had started experiencing difficulties in France, but then they moved to Devon. This thing moved with them. Right. Um, yeah. They were also, but yeah, so they'd also, the house was also haunted. On top of that, they were experiencing haunting as well, but this thing really did ramp up and, and add to that um, 
to that situation. Uh, but I think that that was the first time that um, I, I was quite shocked. Barry phoned me yeah. and said, we've got this thing. We don't know what it is. Um, he knows that I do um, sort of re remote viewings on property on a psychic level. Um, yeah. And he asked me to do that. And when I rang him back and said, you, you're kind of not going to believe what it is. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you exactly what I found. And it was very, very clear, um, very clear. And I told him and he was like, let me get back to you. And he rang up and said, we've got to get you on the show for this because you won't believe it. You won't believe what uh, evidence we've got from this end. All right. So I knew nothing about it to begin with, nothing yeah. during the conversation. And it wasn't till afterwards that they'd finished filming that Barry got back to me and said, I'm going to, you know, I can fill you in now on, on what was going off. It was, it was, yeah, it was literally a turning point, I think, historically for, for the paranormal community. I like to think of it. And, I, and I'm very, I'm, I'm very grateful that I was given the opportunity to be mm. part of that turning point. Yeah, I bet. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It was a really good, uh, well put together episode as well. And like you say, um, you know, it, it was taken seriously, which it should be as well, and uh, with that respect that it deserves. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I is, I enjoyed it. In fact, I I like watching. Uh, is there any way I can? Show. Is there any way we can get the link to that episode? Was, yeah, that'd be really interesting. Um, it's it's definitely, and I had to I had to look this up during <clears> the week. It's definitely episode two. I think it's uh, sorry, uh, season two. It's episode seven. I think it will still be available on Discovery Plus or um, is it? Um, oh, Discovery, I forgot. Is it Barry's, really channel? Really that's channel? The one, that's yeah, the one Barry will kill me if I get that wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's 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 really channel. So it, um, yeah, you should be able to to see that episode. Oh, I'm gonna have a look for so that. So, what was that again? Um, please, season season two, episode two, seven. seven. Yeah, I think it was episode seven. It's the uh, it's yeah. the Devon. I think it's called the Devon Pixie House, or um, yeah, yeah, that it, make, yeah, that rings a bell. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're nearly coming to the end of your. Um, no, no, your, no, I'm not allowing it. <laughs> oh no, it's I'm having too much fun. <laughs> it's going too quick. So I mean, uh, we haven't even touched the surface with your artwork and and your business there either. But um, is there any links or? Um, links to your YouTube or, you know, any uh, websites that you want to share with the audience? I've How they can so, find you? Yeah. Um, so the, the YouTube channel where we talk predominantly about fairies within the paranormal context, but I do have um, a wider paranormal uh, uh, sort of chat remit, if you like, on there. That's um, It's called Hair in the Hawthorne, but if you look up Kate Hair Girl Ray, um, that'll take you to it. Again, um, so the, the, the things that I make are um, on available on Facebook. Um, I often put things up on my on my personal page. I'm quite happy for people to come over and take a look on there. Um, I don't have a website with it. Like I say, I'm a technophobe. Um, <laughs> technology doesn't work for me. I set up a website. The website bombed. So I, I kind of <laughs> I let I left that in the ether. Um, there are some bits on Etsy, but the best thing to do is is contact me uh, directly. That's wonderful. Okay. And some of the pieces that I've seen you produce are fantastic. Um, Thank you. You know, you do um, what I did like. You do like ghosts with mushroom heads and everything. And oh. they've all got different characteristics <laughs> and different um, postures and everything. They all look a bit cheeky and playful. <laughs> and also you do a collection of, is it jewellery as well, with the yes. mushroom theme there. 
Yeah. Um, fantastic work. Thank you. I was just looking at those. I'm just looking at the mm. mushrooms and it looks like it's got, uh, uh, it's quartz. It looks like clear quartz. I yeah, think. you infuse them, don't you? If I'm, I do, yeah. I do. I thought you'd found one of my naked ladies, well, lady ones, then, the way you paused. <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, no, but let me keep scrolling. <laughs> well, I saw one of those at, at the show the other month and, and I blushed. <laughs> no, but they were uh, atomically accurate from what I remember. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is amazing. It's a, what, I, what I find. I've liked the page. There we go. There you go. You've got another follower. Uh, yeah. So, because I think Glenn's going to tell me I've got only a couple of minutes. Yes. Not long. <laughs> okay. So, one quick, one very quick question, Kate. Yeah. Is one thing that you are grateful for today? Oh, I'm great. I'm grateful for the entire day, really. I, definitely this podcast. It's um, it's been absolutely lovely. Oh, thank the, you. Um, I, I I tell you what, I I recently saw, and and I know you guys will understand this. I recently saw, um, it was one of these very very quick reels on Instagram, but somebody said, um, you know, to change your mindset. Um, and I'm all about this. I I love uh, new techniques, but to wake up every morning. Um, say hello to the morning and then say okay then universe I want you to show me your absolute best positive moves today you know and I, I've started doing that over the last three days and it's put me in such a good good mood and a good wow. uh, mindset it's um it's that's really helped so I, I'm, I'm just I'm just grateful for the day it's it, mm. oh I, mm. I've been repotting some of my house plants that's made me happy today it's good. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I like the old saying. I think it was Dr. Wayne Dyer that said it. Um, when you wake up in the morning, ask the universe, how may I serve? And start yes. your day with that. And then just be open to receiving that inspiration. Pretty similar to what you've described yourself. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. It's yeah. all positive. It's good. Yeah. An attitude of gratitude. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mm, sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Kate. It has been a pleasure. It's I up. am so thrilled to have had you, had you on today. And I, I feel like we could, we could keep have gone talking on about on. more. Mm. And hopefully we'll get to see you uh, in person yes. um, and work together maybe on, on location, an on-location well. podcast as well. We've actually got a proposition to, mm-hmm. to uh, ask you, but we'll do that off air. A minute. Actually, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a possible future episode. Yeah. Lovely. Fab, fab. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Glenn. Thank any you, any Phil. last words, Thank Glenn? Thank you, Glenn. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot through this episode. And yeah. I think um, really hopefully it's going to open a lot of the listeners' eyes to, to the elemental realm, you mm. know, to the fairies, to the fae, and just uh, make them realise that, you know, they're not going crazy. These things actually do mm. exist. Yeah. And uh, just to explore with that playful curiosity. Yeah. With that open mind there. I was going to say that there is so much truth in films and movies. And, there is. Um, yeah. And the amount of um, um, inspired films. And I think that's where people get a lot of ideas from because it's inspired. Um, it is sort of thing so definitely anyway anyway okay. thank you so much Kate. namaste everybody thank you very Wonderful much julie stuff. thanks glenn thank we'll you see Kate. you next time we'll see you soon bye-bye thank you for listening and continuing
Circle Podcast. Don't forget to find us on our official Facebook page. Until next time, have a good time all of the time.